Hey there, and welcome back to another episode of Scopophilia. We are the millennial movie movement, and I, of course, am your host, Becky Teller, coming back at you with a brand new season and a brand new episode. And uh, I will be honest, it was 80 degrees here today, and um, I'm feeling full spring break vibes. Uh, I don't know when spring break is or um, if it's already passed, but I am feeling full summer senioritis uh, because of the weather, which is great um, because I can put all of my windows down and then listen to the newest episodes of the show um, to myself and to, you know, all the guests because, you know, that's what I do. And that's what you should be doing, too. But welcome back to the show. I'm so excited for this one. It was kind of a fun uh, reunion type thing that we did on the show for this week. We had none other than Edgar Kamei come on. Uh, he is on the Next Chapter podcast team. Uh, specifically for this show, he does the mixing and mastering. So he is an integral part uh, to the creation of this show. I honestly just could not do it without him. And not only is he helping out on this show, but he helps out with several other shows as well as doing some music producing and mixing on other things and records and music and all that good stuff, which of course you can find out more about him um, on his social medias and things like that, which we will get to later. Um, but first and foremost, we were talking movies and I said over break, I said, Edgar, do you want to come on the show? You've listened to every episode. I think it's only fair that you come on the show. And he said, yeah, actually, I think that would be really fun. Let's do it. So he picked The Count of Monte Cristo from 2002 specifically, uh, which I had never seen before. And I didn't really know the story of The Count of Monte Cristo other than that it was a book. So it was honestly so much fun to sit down and watch this film. And if you haven't seen it, it has a little bit of something for everyone, which of course we'll get into. But the highlights to me are love, revenge, and pirates. I mean... What else do I need to say about it? So, without further ado, my interview with Edgar Kamei about his favorite film, The Count of Monte Cristo. Enjoy! Scopophilia is the newest thing to hit the market. Defined as deriving aesthetic pleasure from looking at something, it's the new craze sweeping the nation. Taken in large doses, side effects can include an addictive nature to have more film content. If this increase occurs, consult no one and keep listening. Hey there, Scopophiliacs, and welcome back to another episode of Scopophilia, the podcast. And I gotta say, I'm pretty excited about this one, um, only because I'm with somebody who has literally been with the show since day one, essentially, um, once once the episodes were rolling. Um, I'm here with Edgar Kamei, um, who, this is our first time like actually speaking to each other. We really only had email contact with each other before this. Um, so for people who are not familiar with your work, um, like I said, you've been here helping me out with the show, you know, tell us a little bit about what you do. Sure. Uh, first off, I want to say thank you for having me. 
Of and, course. Uh, and yeah, it's and it yeah, it's so funny that, that you bring that up that we just we've only communicated through email. Mm-hmm. So this is the first time actually speaking. <laughs> so this is this is fun. This is cool. Uh, but yeah, so what I do for the show is just mix and master, uh, which which is always great because that gives me a chance to listen to the episode, and then you know <laughs> polish it up, make it sound mm-hmm. great for all these listeners. Uh, Absolutely. And yeah, so. Well, I, I mean, first and foremost. Thank you for all your hard work that you do for the show because I, I have no idea what you do. It's some kind of magic. I send it to you and it it, it just sounds better afterwards. I don't know what magic that is. Thank you. Thank you. I try. <laughs> You're doing a great job. And so, you know, first and foremost, I was like dumbfounded by myself mm. of like, how have I not asked Edgar to come on the show? He's literally listened to every single episode. How could I not ask him to come on the show? <laughs> And so you said yes, and you figured out what movie you want to do. And so first and foremost, how are you today? How are you feeling? <laughs> I'm doing good. This is a good Sunday. Nice. Uh, yeah. Nice weather outside. And yeah. Very nice. Feeling good. Feeling good. Good. <laughs> I'm glad. We we white, we want you to feel good. And yeah. I got to say, I have not seen this movie before because I know you had said you love Pulp Fiction and you were mm-hmm. thinking you would like to do that, but somebody's already done it. So I was like, can you maybe pick something else? <laughs> and I felt kind of bad about it. And oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so you did some, uh, some reflection mm-hmm. and then you came out with um, The Count of Monte Cristo specifically from 2002, right? which I had never seen. It was great. Spoiler. And (laughs) so of (laughs) the movies that you could have chosen, why this movie? Yeah. So, you know, I, I've like my whole life, I've always loved movies. I've always loved watching, you know, all kinds of movies. I always watch the Oscars, the Tony Awards, uh, SAG Awards. I mean, I, I don't know. I just, that's just one of my interests. Um, but this movie, I picked this one in particular because um, it's just, to me, it's like one of those last few movies of the 2000s where it was, you know, kind of that like adventure, kind of like romance in there, um, you know, which, which, to me also kind of falls with the group of those other movies like The Mask of Zorro, which was 98, right? Um, mm-hmm. And I think I think it's fair to say that the last kind of a movie that was of this genre was maybe Pirates of the Caribbean, Curse mm. of the Black Pearl, mm-hmm. right? Where it's just adventure movie, you know, all these characters and there's like hidden romance, stuff like that. Um, you know, and I feel like now uh, in these times, it's more like, you know, the Marvel movies and like comic book movies and stuff like that. So yeah. to me, this, this this movie, I guess it's more like, you know, more like nostalgic. Because um, it's especially in that time, um, uh, I used to work at Target and I worked, um, I guess at the time it was like the movie section, right? When, when uh-huh. there was a whole wall of DVDs and, uh, you know, I, I met one of my best friends, uh, like when I recommended him this movie, I said, "Hey, man, like you gotta check this movie out." And you know, it's it it's it's funny because not a lot of people have seen this movie, and it's yeah. really really good. And uh, <laughs> you know, so it was it was just one of those things where 
every time I recommended to somebody, they're always like, hey, like, wow, that was a really good movie. Like, I really love the the story and this and that. Yeah. Um, you know, and yeah, it was just <laughs> it's just one of those <laughs> movies that, you know, every time it uh, it comes on TV, I just I just watch the whole thing. It's nice. just I don't know, it's great to me. So Wow, it was really great. And actually one of my notes was like, this movie has everything I could want in it, <laughs> which yeah. was like so great. And so, and we're going to get into all of that, of course, but it, for people who haven't seen it or only know Monte Cristo as like the sandwich, um, <laughs> how, what would you Oh, say? I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> the Monte Cristo sandwich? Yeah, I don't know. What's that? <laughs> it's, oh, it's like a... It's like a classic diner sandwich. Um, oh. I could not tell you what's on it at the moment because I don't normally. I think there's pickles involved, which I'm not. A, I'm not a pickle girl. Yeah, same. But I'll get back. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll get back no to you on the me. ingredients. Yeah. But it's it's like um, it's like on the like vein of like a tuna melt or like one of those kind of sandwiches that I don't know. Yeah. I just think of diners. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so for people who don't know what would you say is kind of like the shortest synopsis you could give about the count of monte cristo it's um oh shortest i would say i know i'm asking a lot it's a lot to pack in (laughs) yeah i mean yeah there's uh there's a lot of a lot of twists and turns but um i guess you could say it's just a good nice revenge story I guess, in a few words. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> if that helps uh, yes. anybody. <laughs> yes. No, very concise. It is a revenge story for sure. Mm-hmm. And I got to say, I like I was saying, it has a little bit of everything for me because yeah. it's got the revenge, it's got betrayal. Yeah. And then in this version in particular, you've got like this kind of frenemy situation with these two guys but there's mm-hmm. pirates and buried treasure and, yeah. you know, deception and luxurious French estates. And yeah. it's just got a little <laughs> bit of everything that you could possibly want in a movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, you know, what's what's so interesting was, um, I guess, originally in the book, uh, Edmund and um, and uh, duh, 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 wow, I forgot his name already. And his friend, um, mm. Mondego. Yes. Um, so I guess in the book, they, they, they didn't start off as best friends, like in the movie, right? Where they grow up, uh, mm-hmm. you know, just being best friends. So the director in, in this movie just said, hey, you know, why don't we just make it where they're, they're all just old friends, you know, just to make like the revenge part and all that stuff just like a little more. Just more harsh, I guess. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay, that's that's pretty right? interesting. I was like, ouch. <laughs> but it's true though, too, because like even in the beginning, um, you know, you have Mondego like yeah. betrays him in this way, and you're you're really kind of confused by it because you're like, aren't you supposed to be friends? Like you're buds, but yeah, but you're not now. And so why is that? And it's complicated. It's like the whole kind of linchpin of it all. Of like it's complicated, which I just. So good. It's like he says that, and I was like, "Ooh, villain, villain line!" Like right out of yeah. the gate. <laughs> yeah, and you know, it's and it's it's so funny how like in the beginning, how how Mercedes 
you know, like she tells um, uh, Ondego, like, you know, oh, I don't want to be like your other pony, right? Because she starts mm-hmm. telling him this, this story of how basically how like Mondego's been jealous mm-hmm. of Edmund his whole life. Even though Mondego has, I guess, quote unquote, the better life, right? He's right. rich, rich parents and this and that. And, you know, it's, it's just, it's just so interesting how, you know, that, that kind of comes into play where it's just the whole life. He's just been jealous of Edmund, you know? Yeah. And it's like, for no reason, just, well, I guess for, for the only reason or just that Edmund is happy with, you know, he's, he's, he's just happy in general. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I guess Mondego is not. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely that kind of like, Edmund is just kind of happy with anything that mm-hmm. he gets in life. Um, yeah. And like even, you know, one of the first things that happens in the film is that Edmund gets this captain role in this business that he's been in. And he, you know, something that he's been working for for a really long time. And like because of who he is as a person, he achieves that. And Mm -hmm. then but even that little bit of success kind of twists in Mondego's mind of like, why is he happier than me, even though I'm rich and powerful and I come from a good family and he's a clerk's son? Like that yeah. doesn't make sense to me, which is so warped. <laughs> so on its yeah, it's own. like wow, man. <laughs> right. Like you're rich. <laughs> right. On. Well, it's like you're rich, and it's like maybe move, maybe stop being friends <laughs> with him. If you can't handle this. <laughs> yeah. You know, and and I think that's 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 one of the aspects that I think makes this movie so so relatable. You know, because I think you know, like a lot of us have have kind of known people like that, right? Where it's like. You know, you have a friend that's, you know, you know, just kind of, you know, going through life and, you know, they're just, they're just always happy. They're always happy. Mm-hmm. And then there's people that I, I guess you could say are just more fortunate and, and they just always seem to have like a rough time in, mm. in life, you know? Yeah. And I think, I think that's one of the aspects that's, just, you know, so, so relatable uh, with this movie, well, in, in my opinion. but <laughs> Yeah. No, I I would agree with that. I think it's definitely kind of that classic thought trope, I think, Mm. we think with, um, you know, different socioeconomic classes. And it but it is interesting to see that, like, as time progresses, that like that was kind of the reason Montego had a problem with him at all was that he didn't come for money. It was like, okay, you're doing this without money. That doesn't make that doesn't compute in my brain. And that's right. kind of like the running theme of his character of like, he just mm-hmm. does bad things like the whole time, Montego. <laughs> yeah, he's <laughs> he's not a good guy. <laughs> no, like, not even a little bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. But, um, you know, what's 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 so funny? Uh, you know how GQ, uh, you know, makes like these YouTube videos with like famous actors and you know, where they ask him, Oh, what's, what's your favorite, like, what's your favorite roles, right? Oh, that, like, yeah. Played mm-hmm. out. Right. And so, um, for, for Guy Pierce, it was, it was just kind of funny because I was just kind of like, What are you serious? You know, like, uh, so his, his GQ video came out, I think last year. Mm-hmm. And of all the roles that he's played, he never once mentions the one he played in this movie. And I was really? like, Come on. Yeah. And I was just like, I was like, I 
I became a fan of his because of this movie, you know? Mm-hmm. You know, and of course, most people would know him from Memento, which is which is another right. great film. Amazing. But, <laughs> right? But, but for me, when I, you know, when I first, oh, Guy Pierce, like this guy is, you know, wow, this guy is so crazy in this movie. Um, was, was, was because of the Count of Monte Cristo and he, he never once mentions that role. <laughs> I was like, oh, come on, man. <laughs> I mean, it's a great role. He does it really, really well, too, because even the moments of like high energy with him where he's like, he never necessarily like screams about it or like does Mm -hmm. that kind of classic go to kind of anger. It's always a very soft spoken, like sinister anger with him, which I think is refreshing in a villain. (laughs) Yeah, like even when he tells Mercedes that like that, like he cheats on her. Yeah. Like the way he just says it, he's just like, well, you know, I do it because it's it's just fun. Right. Basically, it's like, hmm. <laughs> wow. Right. Well, and then on top of that, he starts walking up the stairs like, well, the pretense is gone. Yeah. I feel yeah, yeah. better now. I think it'll be easier to speak about this. And it's like, yeah. you're terrible. <laughs> you're up early, my dear. Is the Viscount Tovian dead? Well, unless his heart is situated somewhere other than the left side of his chest, I suspect he is. Grant him peace. He did no more than defend his family's honor. Much good it did him. His wife and I were happy now, Bastion. You were happy in your ignorance. Now comes the Viscount's valiant defense of his honor, and you are pained. She is ruined, and he is dead. Don't flatter yourself, Fanon. I was neither happy nor ignorant, having known about the last three women before Madame Tourville. I'm sorry you are humiliated. The combination of Paris and me is hardly a recipe for fidelity, is it? And since my attempts at discretion have evidently failed, there seems little point in keeping up pretenses. It's actually quite liberating, wouldn't you say? Great talk. <laughs> right. Like, okay, man. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's so crazy in this movie. So crazy. And like, it it feels so petty at the same time, the motivations mm. of like why he betrays Edmund even in the beginning, because right. his friend had a secret. And it's like, I'm not sure I would qualify that as a secret per se. Yeah. Um, yeah, just so petty, <laughs> like the pettiest of friends. <laughs> yeah. And and yeah. And, and then what's what's so worse about it is that um, Edmund doesn't know how to read. You know, right. and which, which, which Mondego knows. So it's like, come on, man. Like, what? <laughs> you right. know, like, why would you do that? But yeah, I mean, so yeah. crazy. And I totally forgot about that aspect too of like, not only is he spying on his friend because he's mm-hmm. like, oh, what's he doing with Napoleon? But he yeah. reads this letter right. that he's not supposed to know about, knows what it says, knows Edmund can't read. Yeah. And Still feels petty enough to be like, oh, well, he didn't tell me about it. So I'm going to report him to the police. Like, (laughs) (laughs) really? Just because he didn't tell you so? (laughs) Right. Seems a little extreme. Um, (laughs) Just a little bit. (laughs) Right. Like, maybe take a breath. (laughs) Yeah. Like, you know, go take a stroll by the beach. Right. (laughs) Come on, man. (laughs) That's, yeah, that's so true. Yeah. So let me ask you, I mean, there's so many great 
elements of this movie and it's almost mm-hmm. like several different acts in this movie of like before prison, prison, and yeah. after prison, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Do you have like a favorite part or moment in this movie that you're kind of like, you could watch over and over and over again? You know, um, yeah, the part that always stands out to me is when, is after Edmund goes to the birthday party mm-hmm. of Albert. Um and you know they're at the table, and and I guess he he does that thing with his hair, right? Where he like oh, he twists yeah. the curl of his hair, and Mercedes sees that, which is you know which 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 is always like a thing of like um to me where it was like did he do that on purpose to just kind of give her like you know yeah I'm you know that's yeah. me you know but <laughs> is it me or <laughs> right? And, and then when she sneaks um into his cabin or um uh what's that called the his carriage or his house his his carriage his carriage Ah. yeah well yeah yeah she 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 sneaks into the carriage (laughs) leaves and then she sneaks into his house (laughs) and right and then where 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 she tells him like oh you said you said the name dantes that i never mentioned to you i only mentioned his first name and that's it was like oh my god like she caught me yeah. And then uh, that that whole scene of, you know, when when he tells her um you know, don't rob me of my hate. It's all mm. I have. It's like, wow, that's a uh, you know, like he's he's doing all this because he he wants his revenge. He wants to yeah. get these people back. It's like, oh man. Edmund. I thought we had finished our conversation in the carriage. So did I. Until I realized. You said the name Dantes. A name that I had never mentioned. What do you want of me? I want to be free of you. The way you obviously are free of me. Just a few answers from you and I shall be gone forever. Ask your questions. Where have you been? Thirteen years in the Chateau d'If. And everywhere else you can imagine. The Chateau D for 13 years. Did you suffer? Are you finished now? I have a good deal on my mind. What happened afterward? Much. Why did you not come to me? Why did you not wait? You married the very man who betrayed... I told you that night on the rocks. Remember that it would never leave my finger, and it never has. Why? No, why? If you ever loved me, don't 
Don't rob me of my hate. It's all I have. Let it go, Edmond. Let it go. I don't know what dark plan lies within you. Nor do I know by what design we were asked to live without each other these 16 years. But God has offered us a new beginning. God. Don't slap his hand away. Can I never escape him? No. He is in everything. Even in a kiss. Yeah. Well, and the lighting in that scene is like just the silhouette of the two of them in front of the window in his house where he's like, don't rob me of my hate because it's all I have. It's just yeah, so, it's so beautiful. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, and, and, and it's, you know, that's that's a good point to, uh, to bring up, because for me, the cinematography in that film, it wasn't that great. Like a lot of the colors are, you know, just kind of the same throughout the movie. But that scene was, yeah, like, yeah. The, like the color of the night, right? It was like bluish, but then mm -hmm. there's like a lot of silhouettes. Yeah, like that that was a great scene just just in general. Uh for Absolutely. Sure. Absolutely. And you you are right in saying mm -hmm. there's not like there's anything innovative necessarily or like spectacular yeah. about the cinematography, but I think the film kind of calls on, well, we're in this beautiful location, like wherever they are. So they kind yeah. of use that to their advantage of like, well, we don't have to get fancy because the storytelling right. and the view that we have is enough. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Definitely. Oh, so beautiful. And all those, just all those like cliff side sea shots. I'm just like, I want to be there. <laughs> That's where I want to be. <laughs> I want to take my best friend here. <laughs> right. <laughs> See what happens. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, yeah, I was just, I was thinking a lot in terms of, um, you know, how beautiful, like, the scenery is. Um, right. But I was also thinking in terms of, like, set design. Because mm -hmm. once you leave, once you get into prison, it's, it's it's a big gray box like that's what you get and right, then once right. you leave prison yeah you get all this like beautiful fanciful french chateau hot air balloons coming in from fireworks right. like luxury <laughs> and yeah, yeah just fun to watch essentially <laughs> yeah and that part where where jacobo uh goes and just buys that guy's Oh my gosh. Mansion. It's so funny. He's just like, right? He just shows up. Yeah. I'm buying your house. And the guy's like, get out of here. Right. And then he's just like, oh, well, here, let me show you. And it's just like <laughs> money, like gold pouring out yeah. of that carriage or whatever it is. And he's like, thank you. And he leaves. <laughs> yeah. It's like, like simple wow. transaction. Here's the deed. Here's the keys. I'm yeah. out. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. It's fully furnished. You know, don't worry about a thing. Like, cool. <laughs> the staff is already there. It's fully furnished. Yeah. You just have to move in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was, I mean, that was pretty cool too. Yeah. Like there's, yeah, there's so many good scenes in, in this film. I mean, even when, um, you know, when he goes to Shadow D, right? Mm -hmm. the, the the prison and he, and he runs into, um, I can't even say his name, uh, Abby. Oh, the priest. Abby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, who's who's played by Richard Harris? So which is good. Dumbledore. 
Yes. <laughs> <Right>? And uh, <laughs> and yeah, that I mean, I mean, that whole part was cool too. Uh, where like he just teaches them how to read and he's teaching them economics and all that stuff and just kind of yeah. like like it's 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 so crazy it's like um he spends all those years just basically getting smarter yeah you know and it's just and and he's training him uh to fight which is really cool too uh and like that whole scene where like uh where like he's training uh where like he's training Edmund right like mm-hmm. to not to 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 punch, but without the water droplets. Hitting oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> to get your hand fast enough. Yeah, it's like wow, okay, but <laughs> but you know, it's like okay, that's a movie that's pretty cool, you know? right? Like yeah, <laughs> like you try to do that in real life, you know? Like <laughs> right, you're like this doesn't make sense, just yeah. <laughs> but it's cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that part was so cool to me. Uh, uh, yeah, I really loved all that you know, stuff in the prison because one, he finally Mm. like has a friend who treats him with like respect and is like, yes, I will teach you everything I know. If you help me, you know, we'll both escape. It'll be great. And the one thing I thought towards the end when, when the priest dies, Mm -hmm. he like gets this idea and I'm like, okay, he's going to finish the tunnel. He's going to go. No, no. He ditches the tunnel. I was like, (laughs) I gotta go. And just dips out yeah. because they're going to dispose of the priest's body. So he just switches places with him. Yeah. It's yeah. just like all that work felt like for nothing. <laughs> that poor tunnel yeah. is abandoned. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was yeah, that was definitely a turn when I first watched it. I was like, wait, so what's like, what's going to happen? Right. And it's like, and then like what was funny too, that was that was kind of like like that same feeling of like, wait, is that going to happen? Yeah. When like they're going to throw him off the cliff. I was like always thinking like, oh, he's going to jump out of the bag or something and yeah. start fighting these guys because now he knows how to fight. Right. But no. Nope. Yeah. No. <laughs> goes off the cliff. <laughs> like, OK. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I love it. Just, you know, gets thrown off this cliff, saves himself, kills the guard who's been torturing him one day a year and just starts swimming. Like, where is he going? <laughs> Like, what was the plan after that? <laughs> he just went for it, which like, good on him. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, <laughs> it's like, wow, he just killed Michael Wincott. Right. From the crow. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like oh, okay. <laughs> right. Like, all right, sure. <laughs> yeah, you know, and, and what's so funny too is like, it's like he doesn't even fight back, which was, no. which was so strange, right? Like he's trying to get away the whole time. And... Edmund's just like, nope. You're right. <laughs> this is happening. Nope. You're going under the water now. Sorry. Yeah. Like, wow. Okay. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, and and ju- just the dialogue between the priest and Edmund, mm. I think, is so special in that, you know, you get a lot of wisdom in that. Yeah. And like, even when he's dying, he's like, I lied about the treasure. You can go find it, but make sure you use it for good. He's like, I'll only right. use it for revenge. And it's like, yeah. yep, we know him. <laughs> 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 That's so true. So good. Oh, yeah. And, you know, um, like, there's so many little quotes in there, you know, throughout this whole movie, too, where it's like... Um, like, for example, like when he gets to, 
to the prison and he gets whipped, right? Mm-hmm. And uh and like they start talking about God and and like Edmund says, Oh, God sees everything. Oh yeah. And then the guy uh says, Okay, well let's 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 make a deal. You ask God for help and I'll stop when he shows up. Right. It's like wow. <laughs> what a burn. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And it's just there's just so many of those throughout the whole film. I'm like, geez, man. <laughs> yeah. I love it in that same scene, he says something like, God's not even in France this time of year. And it's like Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, wow, man. <laughs> what a burn. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, man, like this guy has an answer for everything. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So good. Well, and there's a lot of really good lines in this movie, just in general, like that line, Mm -hmm. the, um, the one that really like struck me was right after Mercedes leaves the carriage and, Mm -hmm. and Edmund's like, you know, don't ever, you know, presume to be in my affairs ever again, this and the other. And he's like, just take the money, take take the the girl." girl. And yeah. go live your life. <laughs> yeah. Because like, it could that be easy. that easy. Yeah. And he's just like, nope. <laughs> no, can't do it. And he goes, Gotta why? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Why? And he just doesn't answer him. No. He's like, I'm like, going to walk home. Thanks. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. He walks. <laughs> like, Jeez, man. Right. <laughs> um. Yeah. And then the whole part where, where uh, when he meets Jacobo. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, like even that scene was just so funny. It's short, but it's but it's so funny, right? Because it's yeah. like, okay, like the main pirate Luigi, uh, he, he's right, he's he's gonna kill Jacobo for not sharing treasure. Right. Which is you know, which is like a funny thing throughout the rest of the film because it's kinda like kinda makes you think of Jacobo. It's like, well, if Jacobo did that with his fellow pirates, mm-hmm. he, he he I mean he he could have killed Edmund you know in his sleep or something and just sure. take the treasure but he didn't he like yeah. you know so that's kind of like that was pretty interesting to me um, and then yeah. they fight they fight right and then Edmund's just like you know because I guess he's so smart now he like he just figures out a plan that works for everybody mm-hmm. and it's like okay like you could use both of us now you know and go on like these pirate adventures or, or, right. or whatever it's like okay <laughs> No, and then, absolutely. oh yeah, and then Luigi calls him Zatara, right? right. And he's like, <laughs> he's like, he's like, we should call him Zatara. Like, oh, that sounds fierce. It means driftwood. Like, it means driftwood. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> like, wow, man. Yeah. That's and it's 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 kind of fun how they portray time in this film because they do yeah. sometimes say like three months later or mm-hmm. whatever and then when they're in prison it's like how many years has it been you know happy anniversary it's been four years or whatever and they yeah. kind of show the passage of time like little by little and when he's with the pirates you can see that some time has passed yeah but you don't know how much but it's enough yeah. that he's kind of ingratiated himself into this crew to become like a valuable member to the point where the captain's like, well, if you wanted to leave, that would be fine. It wasn't. It, yeah, there's no he's threat such a cool there. guy about it, too. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, wow, like this guy was about to kill you the first time you met. And now he's just giving you like the best advice. Right. He's <laughs> like, here's some money. If you want to go live your dream, whatever you need to do. And Edmund's yeah. like, thank you, friend. I might call on you again. It's like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> how piratey of you. <laughs> yeah. Like, wow, this guy. 
He's such a gentleman. Right. <laughs> For a pirate. <laughs> oh, man. So let me ask you, mm-hmm. have you ever had a moment in your life or have planned like mm. revenge on somebody, like to get back at somebody for something. Uh, maybe not this extreme where <laughs> it takes 16 years and then you get them, but. Yeah. Like <laughs> putting them in prison? Hmm. Right. <laughs> and stealing their girlfriend. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, let me tell you. <laughs> Actually, funny story. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wow, that's a good question. I mean, you know, it's, I guess in a way, like I've, I am um, never you know, wish the worst on anybody, but maybe to, I guess, kind of to the extent of like, of like what Edmund, you know, uh, like the concept of it, of like, okay, like this person did this to me, mm-hmm. you know, like for them to understand what they did to me, maybe if the same thing happened to them, you know, mm-hmm. maybe they would understand. Um, you know, which, which, which is, I guess the funny thing about this whole movie, because, it's it's such a it I guess you could say it's like a proper revenge. Yeah. You know what I mean cuz it's not it's not like he wants to go out there and, and kill them, right? Cuz that's um cuz yeah, cuz like when Jacobo asks him, right? Like like, "Oh, you know, why don't we just kill him?" Bam bam bam. Right. And Edmund says, "Death is too good for them." Mm-hmm. And it's just like, yeah. That was that's no. Like they right. need to go through what I went through, um, you know, and and yeah, like it's 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 so crazy how like like when Edmund um, when he what's the word like he entraps uh, that prosecutor Villefort. Oh yeah, uh-huh. in that uh, like in that sweat, uh, what's it called? The care like the it's like a jail carriage or whatever. Like you yeah, bring him yeah. to prison, right? Yeah. Or, oh, yeah, or the bathhouse, do you mean? The bathhouse, yes, oh, the okay. bathhouse. Where where <laughs> which is <laughs> which is so funny to me too, because it's kind of like you know, like Villefort is like sweating, mm-hmm. right? Which is like what's supposed to happen. Right. And then <laughs> Edmund is fully clothed and he's just not sweating at all. <laughs> no, not even a little. He's cool as a cucumber. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like 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 his hair is completely dry, you know, like what? <laughs> right. Doesn't and make any just, sense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and yeah, and then he entraps this guy, right? Where it's like, oh, well, well, he's never going to confess. It's like, no, but you just did. Right. <laughs> and then, right, like the, yeah, the cops come and, and they put him in that carriage and he leaves that pistol. Oh. And, and you know, and and what what's so funny too is that um, there's, there's an alternate scene where um where the carriage goes around the corner and and there was a bullet in the gun and Villefort shoots himself. Mm-hmm. But, you know, but I guess like the writers or whoever just decided, hey, let's just not put the bullet in there. You know, yeah, and he pulls the trigger. Like, it like didn't test well or something. And so they swapped it out for this yeah. one where he says, I'm not going to make it that easy for you. Which yeah. is pretty great, it's, I will yeah. say. Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, that's way better. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, yeah. I yeah. It's so crazy. It is. Well, and it's interesting of like this idea of like proper revenge, right? It's like yeah. the first guy, he almost like strangles to death 
uh, on his ship and is like, cut him down before he can't say anything or speak. Oh, yeah. And then yeah. Vilgefort, he's like, gives him a gun, but it's not loaded. So he's like, yeah, you really think I'm just going to let you do that? Okay. Yeah, like, yeah, no way. Right. <laughs> and then his friend, Mondego, is just like, oh, yeah. you think, oh, I've done my part. He's ruined. Mm-hmm. There's nothing else I really need to do. And it's only because Mondego comes back that he's like, yeah. okay, I have to finish this or else it's never going to be over. Right. It's it is interesting of like he does get his revenge because I think he would be fine, you know, mm-hmm. right after buying the estate if all three of them like just died suddenly. But he does take that extra step throughout the film to like completely ruin their careers, their lives, yeah. at like everything that he can yeah. other than killing them. Yeah, yeah. It's and it's just it's it's so it's so interesting how how like Everything is so thought out. Mm. Like that part, right, where he he saves Albert. Yeah. Right. And and it's like, okay, cool. This is part of the plan. He's he's gonna invite me to his birthday party. Oh, and then uh and then before that, right, where he he invites Albert for for breakfast. Right. Right. And and like uh and like when Edmund asked Jacopo of like like <laughs> Hey, how's that shipment going? And then she goes, "Oh, the gold. Oops, I mean the shipment." Right. And it's like, oh, sorry. Yeah, and it's like, <laughs> it's like all that was even like thought out so that Albert <laughs> could tell his dad. Uh, right. You know, it's just like wow, like all these chain of events is so planned out just just for that. Like, yeah, it's just like <laughs> planting that little seed along the way to like make sure everything goes according to plan. Yeah. And also, I'm just going to throw it out there. Henry Cavill plays his son. Yeah, Henry Cavill. <laughs> He's like a baby in young, this movie. Young Superman. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> you know what's what's so funny too is, um, so Henry Cavill was only seven years younger than, than Dogmara, right? Who plays his really? mom. Yeah. Which is funny because I don't know, like, um, like, have you heard on, on Twitter? I think it was like last week where... Um, Emma Rossum just kind of got like, I don't know, it's just like a lot of people like, 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 why is she being casted? Because oh. um, she was, she she's just been casted for a, a movie with Tom Holland where she's going to play the mother. Oh. And, and, you know, in, in real life, she's only like 10 years older. Right. Than Tom Holland. So, you know, people were just kind of giving her. Right. Because <laughs> it's like, what? 10 years older. Why can't right. they cast a woman that's, you know, like the, the right the age. age? Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, well, well, I mean, it turns out in that movie that she's going to play the mom where it's, you know, just like in the memories, I guess. Of the oh, gotcha. But, um, but yeah, but yeah, but uh, <laughs> sorry, sidetrack. No, no, uh, it's good. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but like in this movie, yeah, there, there was only like a seven year difference. So it's like, they're both young. It's so funny, right? It's like, yeah. Like that's Superman. He goes right. to play Superman and the Witcher. And right. Yeah, he's so young in this movie. Like his his voice too, right? He's like, yes. He's yes. Just like a little boy. <laughs> <laughs> he literally came on screen and I was like, that's Henry Cavill. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is a baby-faced man. <laughs> and I was like trying to, I was trying to compare in my mind like what he looks mm-hmm. like now versus what he looks like in this movie. Oh, yeah. And like, he obviously, he did a lot of training for Superman. He did a lot of training for Witcher. So like, he's, yeah. he's jacked now. <laughs> but he has a very nice figure in this film too. It's just, 
a little more <laughs> slender than what we're used right. to seeing now. <laughs> <laughs> but you so do funny. you do bring up a, an interesting thing about age in mm. this film, which I didn't think about until just now, yeah. which is like in order to show that time has passed, mm-hmm. Mondego like has like wrinkles or something, like some yeah. kind of makeup to make him look a little bit older. Yeah. And and Edmund has like a wisp of gray in his hair. Yeah. And Mercedes yeah. looks exactly the same. He looks the same. Yeah. She looks the same. She talks the same. Literally. Yeah. Nothing about yeah. her is different. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, don't change anything about her. Like, right. Okay. She's still just as young as she was 16 years ago. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> she does not age. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I will say I there was a couple times in this movie, mm. especially, you know, with his Edmund's whole thing of like, you only waited a month before you married my friend. And I, you know, my body oh, wasn't yeah. even cold yet or whatever. Did not put together yeah. the pieces of like, oh, maybe there's a baby involved. Yeah, yeah. You know, and yeah, that's that that's so funny you you, you bring that because in that in that carriage part where she where she sneaks in, right? Where where she says, Oh, you remind me of somebody in this mm-hmm. and that and then you know, like he asks her, Oh, well, like Edmund seems very like important to you or something. And yeah. And and then like he asks her, right, like, how long did you wait until you married uh his best friend or whatever? Yeah. And she's just like <laughs> like that's not fair to ask. Or right. <laughs> it's like, mm. <laughs> but 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 yeah, like um like to the point, it's it's uh so Mercedes got married to to Mondego because she just she had to because she she knew she was pregnant. Yeah. So she, you know, I guess to survive, she's just like, well, I'll just marry, you know, Mondego and just uh and just deal with it. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Well, I mean, at that time, like, what else? what else could you do? Like he's mm-hmm. wealthy and he's mm-hmm. willing to marry you at the drop of a hat. And <laughs> the person you thought you were going to be with forever is now gone and you're yeah. in trouble. And <laughs> yeah, if, you, <laughs> if you do have this baby, then you're ruined. You No one is ever going to marry you. Like exactly like real stakes up there at yeah. that point in history. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's true. I did not see that coming. It came up and I was like, Oh, Oh, that's interesting. That makes so much more sense. Because I was also battling, like, why did she wait? Why was it only a month? It could have been yeah. a couple of years at the very least. Right. Like, <laughs> like come on, girl. Right. <laughs> Slow it down. No, but yeah, that's, yeah, that's why she, you know, she, she had to survive. She had to survive. She didn't have anything. Mm-hmm. So, it's so like, good. okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay, I, I, I could understand that. Yeah. You know. It's like all it's, that last scene is so great because it's like all the pieces are coming together. And mm. and <laughs> I do think it's kind of not hilarious, but like interesting in that yeah. you have this, you know, big fight scene between Edmund and Mondego and Mondego falls and he's dead. And and then you have Henry Cavill. He just kind of like kneels down because like he doesn't really know what to do. 
Because yeah. it's like the man he thought was his father is now dead, but it's yeah. not his actual father. And that person is alive and has been very kind to him. And and then in the yeah. next scene, he's like, yeah, I'm going to tear down this prison, but I'm, I'm so happy to be leaving with my family. And Henry Cavill <laughs> has this huge smile on his face <laughs> like he's made peace with whatever has just happened. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, it's like, man, that's a lot to deal with. Um, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, like in that, like in that last fight scene just um right it's just like wait you made me fight my own father it's like well, well yeah you know right <laughs> <laughs> hey, come on <laughs> right it's just so so petty and and yeah like, even the um, even when mondego uh right when he was pointing the gun at edmund mm-hmm. and and like edmund tells him oh you you only have one bullet in that gun it's gonna take more stop me and then and one day was like, okay, well then I'll make it count. <laughs> right. It's like, wow, dude, this guy is just so crazy. Right. He's and like, he's... he just goes for it. He's just yeah, like, he's... all right, well then I'm gonna do whatever I wanna do. Yeah. Yeah. And then he shoots uh shoots his mom. But yeah. But luckily Jacobo throws that knife yeah. <laughs> like right at the gun. It's like, wow, man, this guy's crazy too. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just so good. It, it is interesting. Like, I honestly, I was surprised that I didn't quite get the whole, oh, Albert is, is Edmund's son element. Mm-hmm. Because Albert does have this kind of, like, innocent quality about him that Edmund had yeah. in the beginning of the movie. Of, like, yeah. just expect, like, oh, yeah, my father's going to do that. My father will save me. Like, this kind of, like, trusting loyalty. Um, yeah. And like the kind of like an honor bound aspect to him that I think Edmund has in the beginning of the movie too, of like, well, I didn't tell you about Napoleon because he told me, he asked me not to. He told me to promise him that I wouldn't say anything. And like, that's enough of a promise for me. And so that kind of like mirroring, I think is also really interesting. I just wanted to like throw it out there. Like, how did I not see it coming? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they're both, they're both just very, very loyal people, but you know, to an extent where they're pretty naive at the same time. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think like, you know, even in that aspect, I think that that makes the movie like the contrast of the movie. So, so good. Right. Cause you have Mondego, who's just completely evil, mm. very envious. Um, and then you have Edmund, who's just the opposite. Yeah. Right? He, he, he puts in his trust into people. He's very loyal to to everyone, and you know, we're, but he's very naive, mm-hmm. you know. And I think I think that's why like this this movie is just so great. Um, yeah, such a contrast. I would agree. The characters. Yeah. yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I did want to ask you because as I was finishing the movie, one of my first notes was like, "We're getting right into it." It's like you just yeah. they just kind of drop you off in the middle of like everything is happening. And then it yeah. doesn't stop until yeah. the credits. And <laughs> so one of the things I had thought about was like, because I was in it from like the second it started. I was like, oh, we are in this and we are going yeah. for it. And one of the things I thought by the end of it was like, I probably could have used another half an hour to 45 minutes of this movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, did that, I don't know, maybe that's too much time, but I could have used a little extra time to like... <laughs> breathe for a second do you have that kind of similar like feeling yeah yeah, (laughs) no definitely yeah because you know and and it's it's so funny you say that because it was like so i i I watched this movie with with my wife yesterday Mm -hmm. 
And, you know, so the movie runtime is about like two hours and 14 minutes. Yeah, something like that. Right. And mm-hmm. and it was so funny because because after we watched that movie, we we watched the French Dispatch. Oh. And that movie is only like an hour and 48 minutes. And that movie felt so much longer <laughs> than The Count of Monte Cristo. And it's like, <laughs> you know what I mean? It was like, yeah. wow, that's so crazy to me. Because, yeah, like I agree, like I. There, there could have been so much more in in that film, um, yeah. right? Because yeah, like like we were talking about, right? there's there's so many um, gaps where they just skip, right? Like mm-hmm. when he joins the pirates. I mean, you know, there could have been so many adventures he he could have gone through there. That sure, probably that right? Like that yeah. could have been another thirty minutes or something. <laughs> uh, but it's just it's just it's just the movie that's just a constant constant. Um, events happening yeah and uh which i think is also a a good thing you know for it to be that that runtime you know because i think like yeah maybe if it would have been like three hours or (laughs) you know something how like movies back then right like like, yeah like titanic or braveheart they're like four hours or something like that Uh um yeah i honestly think they probably could have done something like that with with the count um for sure but you know (laughs) I think if there was that space to extend it for four hours, I, I I don't think it would be the same film. It would just, you know, just feel more, more paced. Yeah. You know, so I think, I, I mean, I think, yeah, I think they could have fit more stuff, but I think this <laughs> runtime was just like a sweet spot of just constant things going on. Yeah. It is interesting that like, because you're totally right. There is a sweet spot in that, you get everything that you need and you get Mm -hmm. like, you get character development, you get history, you get action, you know, all of this really amazing kind of detail in and layering in this film. And then at the same time, you kind of are at the end of it and you're like, oh, two hours just passed. That was very fast. Like, (laughs) yeah, Yeah. (laughs) absolutely. Yeah. I, yeah, I think you're right, though. I think it's at a sweet spot. It was just one of those things where I was like, I probably could have used like maybe a little bit more time, but it's good yeah. where it's at. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, you know, <laughs> and it's and, and it's so funny because there's so many things in that in that film that like they've, um, you know, that that I guess we're supposed to be different. Like, like, for example, Guy, Guy Pierce was actually offered the role. Of, yeah. Of Edmund originally you yeah know, so that, that would have been, been weird <laughs> yeah the guy <laughs> pierce is the good guy hmm. <laughs> i don't know yeah like i can't see it now because he he just plays mondego so great mm. you know yeah uh, yeah just i don't know it's so interesting. yeah well it's hard to see especially now like i was watching it like a little bit again this morning just to, like keep it fresh mm-hmm. and i yeah. was like it's hard to think of him in this exact moment, because I just saw him being like an unhinged rich man <laughs> who doesn't know what to do with life. It's hard to yeah. think of him as, you know, anything else. So being yeah. a good guy is definitely weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's he's just he's just such a great actor. Yeah. You know, it's like, well, yeah, I'm, sh- I'm sure he would have pulled it off. Oh, sure. You know, absolutely. But <laughs> yeah, it's just. <laughs> but he's always going to be Mondango to me. A hundred percent. 
And if he's listening, we want you yeah. to know you missed it when you did your GQ interview. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> like, come on, Guy Pierce. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> like, what was your favorite part of this film? I was just like, wow. <laughs> Ooh, that's hard. Yeah. Uh, I think it might be the end where like Mercedes mm. comes and is like, you know, oh, yeah. Mondego isn't your father. And everybody kind of <laughs> has that like clarity moment of like, oh, it's been this all along. I think. Yeah. Holy cow. <laughs> yeah. I think for me, that was kind of like the, that, okay. That and the, the scene where um she wakes up after they spend the night together. Oh, and, yeah. and he's he comes and he's just like, yes, the count will be back later this afternoon so that he can leave with you and your son. And she's like all excited. And she runs out the door and like just a sheet. And he's like, no, miss, miss. And he's got like her clothes <laughs> and he's like running behind her. Yeah, 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 I think those scenes are probably, probably up there for me. Just because it's like, it's putting the pieces together and it's just like pure joy of like, oh, yeah. it's all coming up. It's all coming together. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. That, <laughs> yeah, you know what's what's funny is is in that that last fight scene, um they filmed it two times cuz they had a, the, the first time they filmed it was in fall. Yeah. And then the second time they they filmed it in spring, which which yeah, like if 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 you see it now, right? Uh mm-hmm. there's some parts where the grass is like brown. Yeah. And like orange <laughs> and then all of a sudden it's green. It's like, like, what? Right. It's like, wow, time, yeah, like, time just really flies in this movie. A hundred, they've been fighting for a year. (laughs) So good. Yeah. So good. I mean, and it's, it's hard to, to do like literary adaptations, I think, correctly. Mm. There's, there's so many things that can go wrong with them that, granted, let me preface all of that by saying I have not read The Count of Monte Cristo. Yeah, no, <laughs> so I'm I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how similar to the book it is. But I think there's a there's a fine line with literary adaptations in film where they yeah. can go really badly. And like yeah. you don't get it unless you read the book or you read the book and then you watch this and you're like, well, this isn't anything like the book. And I don't know if that's right. the case, but I, I, I'm digging this movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah no i totally yeah. agree and and you know and it's it's funny because i think this is like the 17th adaptation yeah. of the movie uh well that story <laughs> which is pretty mind-blowing you know because i guess back in the um what was it back in the 50s or something like that mm-hmm. there were there were a couple of miniseries of that story oh really uh, yeah so it's you know it's it's a popular story you know yeah. which is you know, which is a funny thing of like, you know, not not a lot of people have seen this this movie. Um, yeah, which is so crazy to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully now we're getting the word out. Yeah, getting the word out. <laughs> it's gonna start playing on I don't know TBS or something. <laughs> right. <laughs> All the big networks are gonna pick it up. Like, oh well, gotta start yeah. playing this on a loop now. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Well, we're getting kind of close to the end of our time. Yeah. Which Well, that was fast. I know, right? <laughs> it's just like the runtime in Monte Cristo. Like we are just having a good time. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So first and foremost, thank you 
not only for all the work you do on the show, because I greatly appreciate it, but also for coming on the show as a guest. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Of course. And thank you for picking such a great movie because I love, love watching movies that I've never seen before. So this was so Um, much fun. (laughs) Yeah. You're very welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have any, um, and I could edit this out later if, you mm-hmm. know, you want, but do you have any like projects or anything that are coming up that like we should be looking out for or things that you're doing that you're excited about? Oh, um, well, yeah, I mean, ooh, so busy, <laughs> <laughs> you know, working on other podcasts, uh, um, mm-hmm. but I guess, uh, yeah, something I'm really excited about is I'm working with this band, uh, they're called Mexico City Heartbreak. Oh, and um, yeah, and uh, well, this is like my second time working with them. Uh, and yeah, we're just working on a few songs. And yeah, we're going to have some more singles coming out. And uh, yeah, and, and then uh, I don't know. Well, yeah. And uh, yeah, just more, <laughs> <laughs> more stuff to come. Awesome. Uh, so yeah, but that's that's the most thing I'm excited about for sure. Well, that's awesome. And I'm so excited for you. And uh, I'm excited for us to continue working on the show together. It's been a pleasure, of course, as always. I always joke with my fiance, like, if Edgar quits, I'm out. I can't do it anymore. Oh, (laughs) no. And then a month later. (laughs) (laughs) Ouch. (laughs) One month, I will wait. Yeah, one month. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you again for coming on the show, and you're welcome back anytime. I know we're oh, already thanks. in constant communication with each other for the new season, but yeah. if anything else pops into your mind, we'll hook it up. <laughs> Let me know. I mean, uh, there's there's so many movies, absolutely, so many movies. Uh, so <laughs> yeah, um, I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> Another huge thank you to Edgar Kamei for coming on the show and talking about his favorite film, The Count of Monte Cristo. And I got to tell you, this movie checked off a lot of boxes for me. I don't know what it was about, like, my current mood or just, like, who I am as a person in general, but I was like pirates, revenge, uh, like uh, extravagant French villas, like sign me up. I'm I'm here for it. And of course, it's always so lovely to speak with Edgar and also to have like our first like ever conversation (laughs) recorded together is just, you know, lovely in general. Um, And I just can't thank him enough for all the work that he does on the show. And Edgar, I know you're listening, so you're doing a wonderful job. Thank you so much. (laughs) Now, of course, if you liked this episode, you can go back and listen to Seasons one through three, plus we have a summer session, uh, which is a different format, uh, all for your enjoyment, uh, and and more is coming, essentially. But if all of that is not enough for you, uh, you do have a couple options. Of course, option one, you can follow us on our Instagram at scopophilia underscore podcast. Uh, additionally, we do have a TikTok account at scopophilia the podcast. I'm working on it slowly but surely, but feel free to follow us there as I start to try and develop more content for that page. Uh, and then lastly, if you know you just want to sport 
your love of the show like I do in my everyday life, uh, we do have merch that you can order and wear out in public. We have hats and shirts and tote bags, uh, all which can be found in the bio of our Instagram. There's a link there, or you can go to ncpodcasts.com slash scopophilia, which is our show page, which has all the information you could ever need about the show, plus a link to buy our merch. And of course, a big thank you to all of you for listening. Of course, we want to keep the conversation going. So feel free to go to our Instagram. That is our most updated account. And just let me know what you're thinking about the show. Ask ask some questions. Let's start a discussion group over on Instagram. I am ready for it because we want to keep the conversation going with your friends and your family and your family of friends and your friends of family. And since you're already doing all of those things online, make sure that you are rating and subscribing to the show because it helps us out a lot. As always, I'm your host, Becky Teller, leading the millennial movie movement here on Scopophilia. And I'll see you all next Friday. Bye.